From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right. Breaking news uh, out of Washington less than half an hour ago. The House of Representatives finally, finally, after all this craziness, has finally chosen a speaker. And it's a pretty darn good one. Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana got the necessary 217 votes. Actually, I think the final total was 220 and has now officially become the new Speaker of the House. And man, this has been probably the craziest three weeks ever, but it needed to be done. Now, I know there were people like Newt Gingrich and and other supposed conservatives who were griping, moaning, and complaining, and just being real pains in the arse uh, about all the chaos, and we have to get this done, we have to get this done, we have to have a speaker, we have to have the speaker. I mean, it was like chicken little on steroids, you know? The sky is falling, the sky is falling. Please, people, this is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, but... Now that the chaos is over, and now the mainstream media and other GOP supposed conservatives are, shall we say, chiming in on social media about the choice of Mike Johnson as the new speaker. Now, given the the critics and the criticism that he's been getting, like Bill Kristol, of the now defunct Weekly Standard, uh, neocon and warmonger extraordinaire, apparently took to uh, social media and tweeted out that Mike Mike Johnson is terrible on funding for the Ukraine. I say, yay, happy, happy. Uh, Adam, crying Adam Kinzinger, loser. Even he had to open up his big mouth and talk about, well, he was a part of the election deniers and blah, blah, blah. I said, so? He's in Congress and now he's the new speaker and you're not. So just do whatever. So I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. You know, I mean, I thought, you know, before going in for the vote this afternoon, uh, and I thought to myself, okay, is the swamp, are the, is the uniparty, uh, are they out of tricks? You know, are they going to just make Johnson the speaker without all the crazy infighting, the revenge porn and all of that? I, I was concerned. But as I was watching the vote this afternoon, I thought to myself, okay, looks like we're doing pretty okay so far. Oh, excuse me. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then it's, then I'm like, okay, I'm counting. Okay, 
okay, I, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I kind of felt like a kid on Christmas morning. You know, it's like, okay, counting it down, counting it down. He needs 10 votes. He needs nine votes. He needs, <laughs> but it's done. It is done. And I thought to myself, you know, okay, let's take a, you know, a little bit of a studying who Mike Johnson is. And I'm like, hmm, okay, I'm kind of liking this. I am kind of liking this. I'm seeing what he's done. Now, Mike Johnson has was first elected to Congress in 2016 and came in on President Trump's coattails uh, for that. And let's see, he also serves on the Judiciary Committee as well as the Armed Services Committee. And frankly, I mean, he's a brilliant, he seems to be a very brilliant, well-spoken constitutional lawyer. Uh, he served in the Louisiana legislature. He uh, also has argued cases before the Louisiana Supreme Court. And I think he has the demeanor of, I guess, your pretty typical Southern gentleman. And I think it's great. I think it's great that we have a pretty darn conservative uh, speaker now. And as apparently he seems to even engender goodwill from even some of the moderates. And even Kevin McCarthy and Tom Emmer and Patrick McHenry, uh, pretty much the uniparty types, they voted uh, for Johnson. I'm like, wow, this is pretty wild. This is absolutely pretty darn wild. But now, of course, now that the chaos is officially over and the mainstream media is going to start, has actually scratched that, already started their campaign to just slam the guy. Slam the guy. And, you know, he's not very polished. He's not very experienced. I'm thinking, yay happy. Yes, this is absolutely probably the best thing for the country right now. Not just because, you know, people like McCarthy, who's just, you know, pretty much he's a swamp creature and anybody with half a brain knows it. So now you have a guy who has a lot of appeal with the grassroots. And in his press conference yesterday, uh, Johnson uh, pretty much called himself servant leadership. Now, I have never, I mean, at least not for a really long time, heard anybody, any type of politician use that term, servant leadership. And yes, he is a devout Christian man, and yes, he made the people crazy. He made the press crazy on Capitol Hill when he took a moment and bowed his head in prayer and asked Almighty God to help him and to help this whole process. I'm thinking, and President Trump gave him a major league thumbs up, uh, unlike Emmer, 
yesterday who Trump pretty much tweeted and it was like he was done. I mean, he was toast. So, yes, I'm very glad that Tom Emmer did not become speaker. But Trump gave him a two, gave Mike Johnson a two thumbs up and that and thinks that he would make a fantastic speaker. And now he has his opportunity. Now, I have to warn my fellow conservatives. You have to kind of manage your expectations here. Now, okay, we a new speaker, he's installed, and now comes the really tough part because he has not much time not much time november 17th is coming pretty doggone fast to get the rest of these appropriation bills done he has to he's not a big fan of continuing resolutions it's about regular order and i'll tell you what as much as the Uniparty and the Democrats or the Democrats, whatever you want to call them, they're going to gripe, they're going to moan, they're going to complain. But hey, regular order is what's needed. And frankly, okay, Congress, the House, sorry, no more recesses. Y'all are going to be working. And you might not like it, but that's too bad. You're going to have to work late. You're going to have to work weekends because the country cannot wait. We cannot wait. We need to get our fiscal house in order. We need to do what Mike Johnson needs to do what Kevin McCarthy wouldn't. And that is single subject spending bills, appropriations bills, you know, you kind of crescendo, you know, start with, you know, kind of the least uh, contentious, and then it gets worse from then on. Really contentious when you're dealing with uh, issues like spending and the border. And does the FBI need a billion dollars for a new headquarters, which is apparently twice the size of the Pentagon? No. Is Jack Smith going to get his money to continue his witch hunt with the equally corrupt and sick-twisted judge uh, when it comes to President Trump and the election interference? This is going to be things that are going to really test uh, not just Mike Johnson as the new speaker, but frankly, the whole Republican conference. It's going to really be a problem. And when he kind of reaches out to the Democrats, I mean, is this sort of, okay, you know, what is your input? Or would it be uh, essentially capitulation? You know, you're kind of a puppy rolling over who wants a belly rub. That type of capitulation. I'm like, no. This is the this I think at least in the short term is going to be a huge help for the Republican base, the Trump base. Because Trump, whether you love him or hate him, has a huge sway in the GOP. 
huge sway. I mean, he torpedoed Tom Emmer. I mean, he was only the speaker designate for only a few hours, and then he discovered, you know, he hasn't got the votes. And McCarthy, he and his attempted comeback, he didn't have the votes either. So I think finally, and maybe I can only hope that McCarthy and his acolytes, his disciples, have finally just gotten all the venom and vitriol out of their system and finally just said, hey, we need to stop this. This is redonkulous. Let's get a speaker and let's work. Because, I mean, that's the reality. We have work to do. The, the CR that ended up getting McCarthy the boot anyway is up in about three weeks or so. A little over three weeks. So it's like, okay, folks, let's get to work. So I'm very optimistic and about uh, Johnson. And many other conservatives are too. And I'm really, this is not hopium, you know, it's not like a false hope. I mean, there are things that, yes, are going to be disappointing uh, to the America First MAGA base. He's not a per. Mike Johnson is not a perfect man, and I believe he would be the first to tell you that. There are going to be some things that aren't going to, you know, we're not going to be pleased with because, you know, politics is uh, the art of the possible and there are going to have to be compromises uh, to some degree. But I think overall, uh, things like Ukraine funding, pfft, done. I think that's DOA. Uh, now, and hopefully, one other thing that Mike Johnson and his leadership in the House will finally force the Senate to get off of their arse and get to work. Get some of these bills passed. You know, work, getting, you know, people like Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, uh, Oh my gosh, J.D. Vance, you know, help the good guys in the Senate uh, and get some of this stuff done too. Now, if Schumer and Biden and all the other uh, Senate Democrats, now, of course, this is going to be real interesting because in the Senate, the Democrats' majority is less than in than the Republicans a majority in the House. I mean, you've got senators like Joe Manchin. What's he going to do? Uh, is he going to run for re-election? Kirsten Sinema from Arizona. Hey, what's she going to do? And some, uh, John Tester of Montana. Uh, he's got himself what looks like a huge... Uh, re-election battle for his seat in uh, Big Sky Country. So yeah, we've got now 
an opportunity. And if the house is smart, and I believe Mike Johnson is a very smart man, but he's going to have to basically say, we're, hey, okay, we're done. The inviting's done. We've got a speaker. Now we've got work to do. We've got to take care of Israel. Absolutely. Get that resolution done. Get these appropriation bills done. Get these committees back on track with things like, oh, I don't know, uh, subpoenas for Hunter Biden. Uh, and actually, if we're going to continue this impeachment process, it needs to speed up. And frankly, Mike Johnson, as the speaker, needs to take the reins off. You know, get Jordan uh, back on it. I mean, Johnson served on the Judiciary Committee. You know, tell pretty much, hey, Jim Jordan, you've got your chairmanship. You've got the government weaponization. Hey, we're, we got to stop this nonsense. And because if you had a Tom Emmer or Scalise or anybody else, you, I'm, I'm really believe the Republicans would have lost the majority come next year and the presidential year to boot because President Trump for his second term is going to need some serious help because reality doesn't really care be, uh, about really anything. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, black, white, Republican, Democrat. We've got some seriously ugly realities that we have to deal with. And hopefully with a new speaker and hopefully a re-energized and more unified Republican majority in the House and all these appropriations and Johnson getting a lot of support, we have a chance to get the country back on track and the Republican grassroots base will actually be a lot easier to deal with. A lot easier to deal with. Because I know myself, even though I'm an independent, I'm a registered independent, but I'm willing to support America first policies. And, and President Trump's gonna need all the help too that he can get. And so now, you know, maybe some of these uh, uh, rhinos, establishment types, who, and I'm willing to bet you a lot of these people are going to be begging Donald Trump for an endorsement. Begging. Because they know a Trump endorsement can mean the difference between winning and losing. Having a majority or not. And Trump's track record is hard to beat. It's really hard to beat. So I wish Speaker Johnson all the best. I will definitely be keeping him in my prayers because he's going to have a whole lot of work to do for the, I mean, what? Probably until January, which means uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of recess. I mean, that is my hope. 
It's like, now that we've got a speaker and all the griping needs to stop, we need to get to work. So pretty much forget uh, recess. We might, you know, and maybe even work them through the holidays, work them on the weekends, work them late at night. Y'all got work to do. We have, we are on the fast track economically and heading right straight for the falls. We're, the bridge is out and we're heading towards it at break your neck speed. Uh, we've got a border that's a mess and, and everything else. I mean, I could go through the list, but at least right now, given the whole situation in Israel and the warnings that we have received from mem uh, from the FBI uh, counterterrorism experts I just am at a point where oh my gosh I mean just listen to an interview uh, on Steve Bannon's war room uh, earlier today with Todd Benzman now Todd Benzman is probably one of the best people when it comes to the whole subject of the border, illegal immigration, and everything that Mayorkas and the Department of Homeland Security has severely screwed up. I mean, seriously screwed up. But let me play you some of his uh, remarks and his interview this morning uh, with Steve Bannon. About the secretive uh, CBP-1 app uh, permit entry giveaway program where they're just bringing in tons and tons of people over the bridges. And the pieces out today at CIS.org, there are two pieces out right now, are based on uh, FOIA litigation that we forced on CBP for all of the numbers and all of the nationalities and everybody that they're bringing in uh, because we knew that they were sandbagging huge percentages of it. And what the, what the, what the FOIA ended up showing, we're still in litigation, uh, what it ended up showing is that it's not just four countries that are coming, that they're bringing in over the bridges, it's 96 countries, including 24 special interest countries of terrorism concern, they're bringing in, they brought in uh, 7,300 people from special interest countries where there's terrorist organizations operating uh, by invitation. Uh, they granted these paroles to people uh, using uh, very questionable vetting procedures. I mean, really kind of non-existent vetting procedures. Uh, thousands from Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Places like Iran have been brought in uh, by design, by purpose, by by um, acknowledgement uh, that their the government knew that they were from Iran and brought them in with no vetting or little vetting. Uh, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, uh, 24 different countries that uh, where terrorist organizations operate. These people are known as special interest aliens in government parlance, not my parlance, that's, that's the way the government tags these people for 
additional enhanced security screening. Nobody from those countries is supposed to come over that border without all of this screening. And from everything that I can tell, they are not doing the screening for the people that they're bringing in like this. And that's really the, the, the gist of one of the two pieces, that there is this terror threat, as you mentioned, that the, amid a, another Mideast war that really tends to inflame the passions of uh, Muslim people from all over the world, really, uh, including here. There's a lot of threat stream traffic going on right now in the intelligence world uh, inside the United States uh, from people who grew up in those areas over there, and they're mad about the Israeli uh, response to the terror attack. Um, the other piece really just goes to show that the numbers in this program started 19 months before they ever publicly acknowledged it. They pretended, the administration, that they started bringing these people in over the bridges all of a sudden for the first time, brand new program in just January of this year. Uh, but the data shows that they've actually brought tens of thousands in starting in May of 2021 from all nationalities. Uh, Russia, uh, they brought in 23,000 Russians and didn't tell us about it. Uh, they brought in, uh, this is one of the weirdest ones, 57,000 Mexicans, Mexican nationals, they're bringing in on humanitarian protection grounds. Sorry, uh, you know, Mexican nationals never get asylum because their country is regarded as safe uh, or any kind of humanitarian protection. And we're handing out 57,000 and nobody's ever asked the administration about this, why they're bringing Mexicans in so many uh, under this program. There are a whole lot of questions here yep oh yep 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 this is insane folks this is what a new leadership in congress has to deal with secure the stinking border not just give all these you know quote unquote it's like biden did in that seriously pathetic speech in the oval office well, we want to give like $14 billion for border security, quote unquote. No, it is not to keep the border safe. It is for processing even faster those who are overwhelming our country. This is why, I mean, even in a recent survey, 64% of folks, New York State residents, believe that Biden, Biden is responsible for the immigrant crisis that's hitting New York State and in particular New York City and the surrounding areas. That's just wild to me. Absolutely wild to me. And then, of course, now you've got the terror threat. And as you heard Mr. Benzman uh, talking about, two dozen countries, 24 countries, special interest uh, aliens. These are nations with known terrorist activity. Uh, Hamas is a terror organization officially by the U.S. government. But yet, look at what we've got here in this country. 
the anti-Semitism is absolutely in-freaking-sane. I, I think in some ways it's worse than during the 1930s in Germany. You've got not just Hamas supporters and Palestinian supporters uh, throughout the world, Europe especially, huge marches and people in and, and Muslims from other countries are just angry. I mean, even here, but the United States, the United States has without a doubt a huge, and I do mean huge problem and a major rise in anti-Semitism. It's ridiculous. I mean, I told you the story yesterday of a young man in Skokie, Illinois, who works for Turning Point USA, uh, Charlie Kirk's organization, who was viciously assaulted and beaten by pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas supporters. And, and the young man, probably just like right in college age, he was trying to defend an elderly Jewish couple who could have easily have been killed by these animals. And I'm not talking, I mean, the young man has bruises, he has a concussion. Traumatic brain injury is nothing to mess around with. This is serious stuff. And if the Skokie, Illinois Police Department didn't arrest a whole lot of people who were kicking this young man and hitting him with flagpoles, kicking him in the head. Then the Skokie Police Department, shame on you, you bloody idiots. I'm just not gonna be nice about it. If a police department, if a police officer isn't going, is going, I mean, I've seen the video. There was a police officer from Skokie there watching it and trying to, you know, maybe help the kid. But if the police department there isn't going to be arresting these people for some serious assault um, and possibly even, you know, a, a assault with a deadly weapon, I mean, these flagpoles, they were hitting him in the head. I don't know if they were made out of wood or made out of metal or whatever. There, there needed to be some serious, serious charges filed. But we've, we've, we've seen it. We're going to have to deal with it so long as the war is going on. But the real kicker in this is the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party, with people like Ilhan Omar and Tlaib and AOC, the whole witches coven. I don't call them the squad. They're a bunch of witches. Uh, and they're sitting members of Congress. And yet, they're griping, they're moaning and complaining. It's like, well, I'm sorry, but the official U.S. policy, long before any of you dadgum witches were born, was to be supportive of our ally, Israel. 
And if you've got a problem with it, resign from Congress or get your butt censured. Because frankly, uh, I don't care. The media will give you cover, but a lot of American people won't, and especially the Jewish community. And I feel horrible for these folks. Synagogues all over the country have to have increased security. Uh, Jewish students, Israeli students on college campuses have no protection from the demonized psychos who support Hamas and support the Palestinians. I'm, this, this scares me. And frankly, the Christian response has been a little bit lackluster. I hate to say that. These are, I mean, come on. If you're calling yourself a Christian and you're not helping our Jewish friends, I mean, we're called to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that needs to be done a lot more often. But I don't hear that many ministers. Now, I could be wrong. And I always leave room for possibly being wrong. But frankly, I wish there was more support, more vocal support, at least moral support. Maybe even financial support. You know, put your money where your mouth is. And because I know I need to do that. But my goodness, folks, we just got to get with the program. We are living in a really bad episode of the Twilight Zone. We are. I mean, in is out, up is down, black is white, uh, and I, just as one man, just have all kinds of problems. Just wrapping my brain around this insanity. The world has gone whack 50 shades of knuck and butts. And our country has too. And sadly, I think too many people have kind of sat back, you know, kind of fat and sassy, but not really contributing solutions. But now, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I'm ranting. But still, we are at a point right now, you know, especially to my conservative friends, to my Christian friends, it's time to wake the heck up and realize we've got some real problems here and we need to pay attention. We can't do business as usual. Uh, and frankly, I just, ugh. No, we can't do church as usual. We can't do anything as usual. I mean, and it's manifesting itself in our government, in media, in schools, everywhere. So it's time to basically step up, wake up, step up, and cowboy up because this ride is going to get more than a little rough. And on that note, my friends, I'm going to call it a day. I just want to say thank you for listening. 
Uh, please follow and subscribe to our podcast. We're on all major podcast platforms. Just type in in black and right. Uh, you can also contact us via email at inblackandright at gmail.com or check out our website inblackandright.net. So for now, my friends, take care. God bless. And definitely, if you are a person of faith, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God bless. And always remember, patriots come in all colors.